Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Fired Up Radio. I am your host, Anthony Hanson, and it is so great to be with you guys here on this Monday. Uh, Actually, it's Tuesday because that's when this recording is coming out, only because, to be honest, it's when it comes to teaching the Word of God and ministering the Word of God, it never be, it never gets easier. Rather, it gets harder because then, I, then it feels like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, and you got to take care of a thousand one things, and then you're just left to wonder what's going on. I'll say that much. So, pray for me. Pray for my family. Uh, and, and, and as we go through these uh, these times of, uh, of of struggle, as we go through these times of, of questioning a lot, um, that we have peace at the end of the day and throughout, um, and that we're able to stand firm on God's word. Amen. Well, that being said, if you're on Facebook, you can look us up at Fired Up Radio ninety three. Again, that's the ad symbol, Fired Up Radio 93. It should take you right to the page, Fired Up Radio. You can also type in that title in the search bar, and it should pop right up. On there, you'll find all previously aired content. It's also on Spotify, Anchor.fm, and Apple Podcasts. So, I know we were originally going through the book of Philippians. And... In my prior time, I'm currently going through the book of Joshua. So right now, I'm a little bit hesitant to go either way. Only because that both books, let's face it, every book of the Bible is awesome, right? Every book of the Bible. And the one thing I want to do is not just provide you guys content. But I want to make sure that I give what God's call, what God is instructing me to give you guys. You know, me preferably, I like going through books of the Bible, as we saw through the Book of James. We went through how many parts? How many? How many sessions? Like twenty-eight, thirty sessions, just to complete five chapters of the Book of James. Like that's kind of insane. I ain't gonna lie. Like a pastor that I know, you went through the Book of James. It only took him sixteen weeks. Yet here with me, it took what almost thirty, but then at the same time he did longer, he did uh, bigger chunks, and he has an hour service every Sunday. Me, I try to keep you keep you guys informed, entertained, and and, and give you guys what the Lord gives me in bite sized pieces of twenty thirty minutes, if that. Because notice, first time recording, almost an hour. Now, about 20, 30 minutes at that. So, but nonetheless, I'm going to have us finish off the book of Philippians. And then, and then, so now you guys know, next book we hit, Joshua, the book of Joshua. All right, that's what we're doing. Okay, so real quick, let's pray, then read, and then we'll go. And then we'll break this down a little bit. All right. And we're in Philippians chapter one, starting in verse three on down. Uh, We are going through, uh, let's see. 
Um, let's go all the way down through verse 6. Verses 3 through 6 of Philippians chapter 1. Alright. Lord, we thank you for today because you're faithful and true in all that you say and all that you do. You are the King of kings and <clears throat> you are the Lord of lords. We praise your name. We glorify your name because you are the maker of the heavens and the earth. That no matter what what takes place, no matter what happens, we give thanks to you, Lord. Because you're faithful and true in all that you say and all that you do. You have not left us nor forsaken us. You've called us to live a life of joy and thanksgiving. Therefore, Lord, we thank you for another breath of life. We thank you for the ability to be able to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. Father, we thank you and we glorify your name. Because you, your son, Jesus Christ, is the anchor of our hope. For we have been made new and have been set free by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Therefore, we glorify your name, we exalt your name, we praise your name. Holy Spirit, as we read the scriptures, share with us the heart of the Father. That we not miss a beat, may we understand where the Father is coming from through these writings. Because who knows the heart of the man better than the spirit of the man. We love you, Lord. We praise your name. Amen and amen. All right. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, all the way down to verse 6 reads, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer. <clears throat> in my every prayer, forgive me. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, I am sure of this, that he who has started a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Again, verse 3 through 6. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying for you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ you. <laughs> Forgive me, it's a bit early as I'm writing this. So, first thing I want you guys to take note is this. Let's just tackle this verse by verse, shall we? First, first, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you. This is the heart of discipleship. How is it the heart of discipleship? Because though Paul is not there, the fruit is, his time with the church in Philippi has yielded much fruit. Why? Because Paul is giving thanks for every remembrance of them. Paul is recognizing that the church has stepped up this game. That his labor has not been done in vain. Paul is recognized. Is recognizing their good work and their faithfulness to the mission at hand. That's this is why Paul's giving thanks to God for the remembrance of them. Because 
a lot of time a lot of times we forget what God has already done in the process he has already started so we have to call recall we have to bring back to remembrance where we were what he was doing and what and where we're at now Mind you, we'll never be a completed work on this side of heaven. We won't. The only time we'd be a completed work is when we're in heaven. Okay, that's the only time we'd be a completed work. Until then, we have to go through the process of of recalling the very things that God has done for us, in us, and through us. We have to, or else we begin to miss the mark. A lot of times we want to go ahead and keep going throughout this Christian walk, thinking like we haven't, like we ain't got a past. Have you ever met with a person who claims to be Christian, yet they come off as judgy as judgy can be? Like, does, wouldn't that hurt you? The fact, knowing that there's someone who calls themselves a Christian, yet does not exercise the very same measure of grace and mercy that's been given to them through Christ. Recognizing that they're the chief of sinners themselves. This is why it's always called, recall what the Lord had, where the Lord took you from to where you're at now. To where you're going. It's important to bring that to remembrance. And this is what Paul is doing. He's encouraging them. Because he remembers how he found them. To where they're at now. And to where God wants to take them. Okay. This is Paul giving encouragement to the church in Philippi. Alright. Verse 4. Always praying with joy for all you in my every prayer. Even though there's issues going on. There's there's always going to be issues on this side of heaven. There's always going to be troubles. There's always going to be pain. There's always going to be struggles. There's always going to be conflict. No matter what. There's always going to be conflict on this side of heaven. We're always going to try to find a way to subdue the problem. We're always going to try to find a way to manage it and try to take care of it, ensuring that it doesn't happen again. Yet here we got Paul always praying with joy. Always praying with joy. In the midst of whatever struggles the Church of Philippi is going through, in the midst of what Paul's going through, Because mind you, this is a prison epistle. He's always praying with joy. Doesn't that tell us something? Because in the midst of our chaos, we too should be praying with joy. Yet what do we do? We don't. Instead, we're just... Not only... Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with casting your cares and your burdens and your sorrows unto the Lord. But there's a fine line between casting our cares and complaining about what's happening. 
There's a fine line. Okay? I believe the measure is this. Are you doing it with joy? Because if you're doing it with joy, then you're casting your cares. Why do I say that? Because if you're complaining, there's no joy. There's no joy at all. Yeah, you could joyously complain, but what good does that do? You're still complaining. Your heart is still troubled. You still leave the time of prayer and devotion with God the same way that you the same way you entered in. Paul's always praying with joy. You know, I will tell you this. Right now, it actually stirs me. You like I've started out, there's a lot going on with my family. There's a lot going on, just me personally. It's a lot of spiritual attack. It's a lot of warfare taking place that now I'm starting to act on certain things that the Lord has shown me. <clears throat> and the one thing that I am holding on to is the fact that he's going to bring my family through. The other night, there was a conflict that took place between my wife and I. Right? It's late. It's two in the morning. You know, she's trying to get me to wake up because of, you know, the kids like calling or coming into our bed. They do. Don't know why, but they do. And that's okay. We all have done it, you know. But apparently she's been waiting. She, she was trying to wake me up for a long time. Guys. Has your wife always ever complained to you that you're a heavy sleeper? That she's tried to wake you up, but you just don't respond? Yeah, well, I had that moment. You know. And mind you, for me, I've become a light sleeper because of the kids. But apparently this was the time I was out cold. Nonetheless, her and I got into a fight. And, you know, we agreed to part ways for a moment to just let it breathe. And, you know, we'll talk about it another time. Now, I did something different that I've never done before. Outside of sleeping on the couch, which, by the way, is good for your back if you got the right couch. <laughs> But um, what I did did different this time around was this. I didn't say much in my prayer time. I didn't. I didn't start warfaring. I didn't start casting out demons. I didn't didn't start warfaring spiritually. Because then I'm still working on my marriage under my own power. I am. And that's my problem. I'm working on my own marriage under my own strength. When it's not me who should be working on the marriage. I mean, 
Yes, I am to be working on my marriage. I love my wife. I love my family. I want my family to be working together. But you got to understand something. I took a different approach that I've never taken before. And that is simply this. Lord, I give you my wife. Let your will be done in her life. At the same time, work in me. Lord, I give you my wife. And I allow you to deal with her. To will and to do. But at the same time, work in me. See, because the same way that Paul takes a different approach to prayer, I had to take a different approach. I still am. To be honest, I still am. Because my marriage isn't fixed. My marriage isn't put back together. There's still trauma to sort through. There's still hurt to navigate. <clears throat> to navigate through. Still is. Okay. But the question is, what kind of approach are you going to take? Are you going to be like Paul and approach it with joy? Or are you just going to go through the series, the process of complaining about it all? Because when you complain, you're not really praying. You're just exercising E-X-E-R, not E-X-O-R. You're exercising your pain and your hurt. And you're just allowing it to fester and to build. Don't complain. But all, but be always praying with joy. In every prayer. In every prayer. Don't just let it be, you know, don't just allow prayer just to pray. No. Be joyful in every prayer. Okay? But, verse 5, Paul had a reason to be joyful. He did. He had a reason to be joyful. It's because, and he says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul's earmarking their faithfulness. Catch that? Paul is earmarking the faithfulness of the church of Philippi. Whenever there was a need, whenever there was something that 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 Paul needed to be met, whenever there was a need, whenever Paul was on a missions trip, the Church of Philippi always found a way to meet that need. Church of Philippi always found a way to to share their wealth with the Apostle Paul. Mind you, Philippi was also a port city. Okay? Which means that there was a lot of trade going on. Embargoes. You know. You had cargo ships coming in and out of the of Philippi. So the Philippians had plenty, had plenty of finances 
to share. But they did, they did so willingly, not begrudgingly. They gave of themselves knowing that the gospel of Christ can impact our lives. How much more could it impact somebody else's? Paul here in verse 5 is noting their faith and their faithfulness. And that even though Paul is in prison at this point, they still fund his ministry. They still fund those who are under the Apostle Paul, who are being dispersed to go ahead and minister the gospel. That being Timothy, Onesimus, Titus, John Mark, several others. Now, who are under Paul's tutelage. Paul is recognizing their faithfulness and is giving them not just recognition, but is encouraging them to remain faithful all the while they've been faithful. Because at any point, at any point, they could veer off to the left or to the right. This is what Second Peter tells us. And this is what God encourages, this is what the Lord encourages Joshua to do. To meditate on the word of the Lord day and night. That, they, that he does not veer off to the left or the right. Paul's ensuring that very same thing. He's ensuring that they do not veer off to the left nor to the right, but that they remain humble and remain faithful to the cause of Jesus Christ. Okay? And why is Paul encouraging them to remain faithful? Well, verse 6. I am sure of this, that he who has started a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Have you ever wondered where God is at and all and everything? Have you ever wondered if God is still with you, working with you? Have you ever wondered if God is still dealing with your heart? If God is ever going to change this, that, and the other? I know, because I've been there. Kind of am going through that, to be honest with you. But mind you, God is, God is a God of completion. How can I say that? Well, when creation was completed, he rested. That should tell you something. That actually says a lot. God will not rest until he is completed with you. He is always going to be at work with us. Yes, one thing may be situated and completed and, and, and fixed. But, mind you, this verse says, He who has begun a good work in you was taking, was taking care of outside, externally is only a byproduct of the work that's being done internally. You understand me? 
God will only rest when he is completed with the work he started in you. But when is the work going to be done? Until the day of Christ Jesus. Meaning what? You're never going to be perfect until you pass from this side of heaven unto the other. It's the only time you'll ever be made complete. It's the only time that the Lord will actually rest. is when all of His children are gathered together and are brought through the pearly gates. Okay? It's the only time that will be brought to completion. But it does not mean that God does not care. It does not mean that God is not at work. It does not mean that God is not faithful. Because that and all that, He is faithful. He is true. He is just. He is righteous. He's our Father. Once you're a parent, you're always a parent. You're always going to be a parent to your kids. You always will be. Even after they grow up and move out of the house. They'll always be a parent. Paul is coming at it with the same thing. Yes, you will transition from... From glory to glory, grace to grace, mercy to mercy. You will transition from one spiritual level to the next. There's no doubt about that. But, note this. God will always be God. He will always be your father. He will always be faithful. He will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. He who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. So just because things aren't working the way that you want them to does not mean God is not at work. Matter of fact, He's doing a work that you have that you're not privy to see until after it happens. Then you begin to see in hindsight. Oh, now I see what he was doing at this time, at this point in time in my life. I get it now. I get it. So if God's already begun a good work, why not praise him for it anyways? Why not approach your time of prayer with joy? Why not be thankful and glad of God's faithfulness? Because His Word tells us He's faithful and true in all that He says and all that He does. His Word tells us that He does not forsake the righteous, nor does He let the seed back for bread. He was with Joseph and everything that He did. He was with Joshua and everything that He did. He was with the apostles in times of pain and sorrow and persecution. Right? I mean, the Lord was with Radshak, Meshach, and Benny in the fiery furnace. 
What is there not to be praising God for? What is there not to be joyous about? Mind you, the book of Philippians, the epistle of Philippians, is, is also known as the epistle of joy. Whenever you see the word joy in your Bibles, circle it. Whenever you're going through the book of Philippians, you see the word joy or rejoice or some variant of the word joy, circle it. Circle it. Because joy is something that is sustaining and is a continual decision. Happiness is based on what happens. Mind you, Paul is in prison while writing this. He chooses to be joyful. He chooses to rejoice in the church. He chooses to rejoice about the church of Philippi. He chooses to be joyful in his prayers, though he is being persecuted and he's in jail for ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what's fueling his joy is because of what is taking place with the church of Philippi. Paul is seeing the work that God is doing with the church. And he's rejoicing about it. And he's encouraging them. Keep pushing forward. Keep moving forward. Keep striving towards the mark. Yes, I know this and that and the other is happening. But rejoice. The fact that the Lord is still working in you. That he hasn't left you nor forsaken you. And that he continues to do a good work in you. And he's faithful to complete it. Rejoice. Always. And again I say rejoice. It's an attitude. It's a decision. It's a lifestyle. Within these three, four verses, three, four, five, six, these four verses, Paul is choosing to rejoice over the church of Philippi. He's encouraging them to pick up the same attitude. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice because he's faithful and true. Rejoice because he has begun a good work and he was faithful to complete unto Jesus. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Rejoice. Because he hasn't forsaken the righteous. Rejoice because he has made you new. Rejoice. I encourage you guys today. Rejoice. I encourage you guys today. Remain steadfast. Put your hope in Christ Jesus, who is the anchor of it. Seek his kingdom. Meditate on his word day and night. And you will be successful in all that you do. In every area of your life. How do I know that? Because I haven't been seeking his face day and night. I haven't been meditating on his word day and night. I'll be honest. I haven't. That's how I know that everything is failing. But if I were to meditate on his word day and night, if I were to read his word and pray to him day and night, 
guarantee you a lot would change. So I challenge you, for the next 21 days, for the next 21 days starting today, okay, seek his face day and night. You got an issue with your marriage? Look up scriptures on marriage and meditate on those scriptures day and night. You got an issue with anger? Research scriptures about anger and meditate on those scriptures day and night. You got an issue? You got an issue with your children? Look up scriptures that revolve around children and meditate on those scriptures day and night. You got health issues? Guess what? God is a, God is a great physician. So find scriptures on healing and meditate on those scriptures day and night. You got issues with, with, with being a good steward of your finances? Look up scriptures in regards to finances and meditate on those words day and night. Something's got to sink in at that point. Something's got to sink in. The question is, are you willing to take the challenge? Because you can't complain to God if you haven't heard, if you haven't read his word, if you haven't prayed to him. You can't complain. You can't blame him when yet he hasn't even been the center. He's the Lord of your life. He's to be the center of your life. I encourage you. Put him back where he belongs. And meditate on his word day and night. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time of being in your word. Thank you for this time of just focusing on your goodness and how great you are. We thank you and we glorify your name. We praise your name. Because you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. Father, we put our hope and our trust in you. Because you're faithful and true in all that you say and all that you do. And he who has begun a good work is faithful to complete it. Father, we know that you are able to do exceeding above all that we could ever ask of you to do. And that whatever is impossible for man is possible for you. So, Lord, we give you room right now to will and to do in our lives. When it comes to our marriages, when it comes to our children, when it comes to our health. Excuse me. And when it comes to our finances. We give it to you, Lord. We lay it at your feet. We're tired of, of doing it on our own. Because we're failing. We're failing. We leave it at your feet, Lord. We leave it at your feet today. In your mighty, most precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, guys, I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of Fired Up Radio. As we continue our journey through the book of Philippians. 
Today we covered Philippians 3 through 1, chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. I pray that you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, and you guys gained as much insight as I did. And I pray that it really changes the heart and the manner in which we pray and how we respond to what's taking place around us and through us. Amen. With that being said, I love you guys. Be blessed. And I'll see you guys tomorrow for Warring Wednesday right here on Fired Up Radio. Take care, guys. Bye.